The American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, the ASPCA, was the first humane society established in North America in 1866. Headquartered in New York, it continues to reign as one of the largest humane societies in the world. Quoted as serving as the voice for those who bark, meow, chirp, neigh, and, well, you get the picture. The nonprofit celebrates April as Prevention for the Cruelty to Animals Month. As we can all agree that we should love, care, and protect our beloved creatures every day of every month of the year, the ASPCA uses April to highlight its variety of programs that include adoptions, educational, and fundraising campaigns. For many, it's impossible to fathom how anyone could abuse or neglect an animal. Placing myself at the head of the line in agreement, our pets become family members who love us unconditionally. As long as we remember to move so the cat can sit exactly where it would like to sit. And as for what dogs can do to one's soul, ask anyone who owns one. Or better yet, visit Canines for Warriors and see how service dogs transform the lives of wounded veterans. For those in need of more proof, Google dogs who use their nose to expose drugs, bombs, and people, both dead and alive. So as we tip our hats to the ASPCA, I would like to introduce to you Mike Merrill, founder and executive director of FUR, Florida Urgent Rescue, a Jacksonville nonprofit association that rescues and fosters animals from kill shelters and catastrophic disasters. Six years ago, the self-described animal lover transformed his experience in running Silicon Valley tech startups into saving the lives of animals. Working long after the media is gone and the distant public forgets those impacted by devastating events, Merrill and his team of fur agents rescue dogs and cats from areas impacted by natural disasters, abuse, neglect, abandonment, hoarding, and owner surrenders. Anything, he says, from a dog with a gunshot wound to hurricanes and tornadoes. Fur makes certain that pets are not sent to kill shelters simply because they have no place to live. Merrill explains that Northeast Florida's cats and dogs suffer the same fate as their counterparts in underdeveloped European countries. Too many strays without enough spays and neuters, and too many dogs are neglected. So Fur transports animals to areas with better spay and neuter laws, fewer backyard breeders, and less overcrowded shelters. We're a foster-based rescue, like many other rescues, but we do a couple things that are a little bit different. We we don't have a shelter, and all of the animals that we rescue go into foster homes. We do the vetting and we do the adoption, but we also go to shelters every week and we meet animals and interact with them, introduce them to each other, video them, take pictures to try to help network them. The other thing that we do is we started the urgent transport program during Hurricane Harvey, and since then, the fur urgent transport transport program has now done disaster relief in nine different hurricanes and the Kentucky tornado. The other thing that makes us a little bit different is we joke that urgent is our middle name because the nature of our name and kind of what we do, we get a lot of late night calls from the police or the county sheriffs when there's an emergency situation, when there's a dog with a gunshot wound or a cruelty case or something like that. So we, we take in a lot of major medical cases We take in a lot of senior dogs with cancer or cruelty cases or situations that are that the average rescue either is unable or doesn't have the financial resources to take. So we wind up with a lot of extremely urgent cases as well. For his ongoing and impressive efforts have now reached Ukraine. 
We've done disaster relief in nine different hurricanes and most recently the Kentucky tornado. And when we saw what was going on in the Ukraine, a lot of the problems were similar, just a much larger scale. You have people leaving, you have people evacuating. Some of them are told they cannot take their animals with them. Early on, everybody was evacuating with their pets. But now when you have a city that's been surrounded and cut off and they finally open a line out and there's a hundred places on the bus and a thousand people trying to get out, they're telling people you can't leave with your pets. You have to leave them behind. So they, the magnitude and the scale is much larger than anything we've ever seen before. But some of the problems are the same things that we've dealt with. So I went over to Poland initially to coordinate with other European rescue groups. Um, we've worked with groups ranging from France, Portugal, Germany, the UK, Ireland, and Sweden, in addition to groups in Poland and the Ukraine, and have made several trips across to Ukraine, bringing animals back. And we're coordinating with other groups still on the ground there, other groups planning to come in. And we're returning in about two weeks with another team to continue this mission. As fur rescues dogs and cats, European organizations are transporting farm and zoo animals. Foreign ground is familiar territory for fur who understands how to work without electricity or an internet connection. Boots on the ground, Merle embeds himself into the areas impacted. I was in the Army for many years, and we in the Army, we call that the leader's recon. In other words, the leader does the reconnaissance. So I go there, and I meet people, and I talk to people, and, and part of it's online. There's a Facebook group for Ukraine Animal Rescue, but 90% of the comments are from people that are not there. So it's, it's useful, but it's also, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of chaos. So I, I reached out to various groups while I was on the way. And actually, when I was on the ground, I, I was walking along and saw the Irish Husky Rescue Ireland van, so I introduced myself to them. Went to all the different local organizations and introduced myself, asked how we can help, and started networking. And now, after spending 11 days on the ground, now I'm actually introducing those people to each other. Now that I know the names and the faces and the people, to some extent, we're assisting other people in coordination. The small 5013C nonprofit is funding the Ukrainian trips with donations. We don't have a big organization with a lot of money, so we always do this on a wing and a prayer. Every time we do disaster relief, we hope we bring in enough money to cover our costs. Fortunately, we had enough money in the bank to fund the original trip, and um, now we're obviously we're looking for donations to continue supporting this mission. Animals rescued from Ukraine are not being transported to the United States. The CDC has a rabies ban covering many countries, and Ukraine is one of those countries. So we're prohibited from bringing dogs back to the United States. We actually can bring cats, but given the distance and the logistics involved, we're focusing right now on bringing them to European partners instead. They're a lot closer. We don't have, It's a lot more economical and a lot less expensive to bring animals to by ground to Germany or to the Netherlands or to even to Sweden than it is to try to fly them back here to Jacksonville. With pre-planning and impossibility, events simply unfold. It's completely flying by the seat of our pants. When we usually, when we go, we don't even know what we're going to do when we get there. Part of it, you know, I thought maybe we can assist some refugees, and we've done that. We've helped some individual ref- refugees reunite with their animals. But for the most part, when we go there, we don't really know what we're going to be doing, and the, the conditions on the ground are changing from day to day. We're seeing on any given day, there's a new emergency and a new problem. So we're going there to help where we can, but we're 
one of the things we're trying to do is to set that organization and that structure. So, for example, there's a group coming down from Austria bringing in supplies. They can bring back dogs. They don't know who to talk to to bring back dogs. So we're introducing them to some other people that have brought over dogs and quarantined them and will be ready to travel by the time this group offloads their supplies. So to some extent, we're trying to provide that organization, but it's a very, very big problem. There are a lot of people involved there. The scale of this and the magnitude of this is just huge. So we're trying to help where we can, but it's a very chaotic situation on the ground. For lands in Poland in hopes for the best. Generally don't know where we're staying the next night. We've been able to find some sometimes hotels, sometimes hostels, sometimes sleeping in the car or sleeping on the floor of the warehouse, depending on what's available, because there's a lot of other relief organizations coming in and there are millions of refugees coming across the border the other way. So it's very difficult to get a hotel room these days. Merrill says that the Ukrainian people remain grateful to everyone helping the cause. Everybody that we've been working with has been happy to have help. There are some larger organizations that are kind of doing their own thing and they have, you know, they're kind of staying in their lane and not really working with other people because their mission is set and they know what they're doing. But there are a lot of smaller groups like us who are very happy to work with other people. It's been heartbreaking and encouraging at the same time. The heartbreaking part is watching the refugees evacuating with their pets or the people that had to evacuate and leave their pets behind, the women and children coming across the border while the men are going back to fight the Russians. That's the heartbreaking part. The encouraging part is seeing so many different organizations from so many different countries working together to help. So going over there, I had no contacts on the ground, and now we have working relationships with groups from Ireland and England and Poland and Portugal, all over Europe. That's the encouraging part of seeing so many people working together. As I had yet to think about the plight of Ukraine's zoo animals, I asked Merrill, who is caring for the giraffes? I think a lot of them, they're trying to get food into them to keep them where they are and feed them in place. But there are, to my knowledge, there are several different zoos in several different cities with different conditions. Same thing with shelters. There are animal shelters with 300 dogs in one place and 400 dogs in another place that are cut off. So it's a struggle for people to get food in and in some cases to get animals out. And again, it changes from day to day. Kiev was completely cut off and people couldn't get in or out. There was a, an animal shelter there with, I want to say, 180 dogs and 50 or 60 cats, and they were trying to get out 20 dogs. And every single day they thought they were going to get out the 20 dogs the next day, and every day they couldn't get out. That's where we actually worked with this Irish group and the Swedish group. The Irish group was supposed to work with the Sweden group to get them out, and they couldn't wait any longer. Every day it was supposed to be tomorrow, and every day it didn't happen. So they had to go back to Ireland. That's where we stepped in and took over. And we were on standby. And when they finally got out of Kiev, we went across the border and met the the group from Sweden and the animals from Kiev and got them out over the border. Merrill admits FUR has more volunteers willing to go to Ukraine than they can afford. Monetary donations are needed to sidestep what he describes as the little dog swimming with the big stick who can barely keep his head above water. Normally, in a hurricane, we would want certain supplies, but it's not economical to fly halfway around the world with things that are heavy. So we're, we're bringing some medicine and we're bringing microchips and microchip scanners and things like that back with us. But most of the, you know, the things that we're flying in have to be very small and very light. The biggest thing that we need is 
donations to be able to fund us and to continue the work. We've got the travel plans for four, probably four people going back, and then we'll buy more stuff on the ground when we get there. There are warehouses full of food that we're bringing across every time we go over. So that food is is flooding in from Europe. We don't need dog food. We don't have a way to get it there. What we really need is financial support from anybody who's interested in helping. Merrill describes rescuing animals torn apart from their families under the fog of war as heartbreaking for both the animals and the Ukrainian people. So I didn't go deep into the country and the parts that, that there's active combat. There's always danger, I guess, anywhere you go. There are missile strikes in the areas that we're going, but I think that's fairly sporadic. I think the, the heartbreaking part is seeing the refugees coming out and every single thing they own is in one backpack, but they're still carrying their cat or walking their dog. Leaving all of their worldly possessions behind, but they're still taking their pet out. That's the part that's you know heartbreaking and uplifting at the same time. But there are groups that are kind of sneaking through the, the Russian lines and the armor columns and trying to get animals out, but that's not what we're working on. What we're focusing on is trying to find a place for the animals to go when they get across the border. There are two problems. You got to get the dog, dog or cat across the border, and then what? Where do they go? I ended my conversation with Merrill with a question I was hesitant to hear the answer to. Do you think, I asked, that animals can sense danger, neglect, and abuse? My eyes swelled with tears at his response. Animals remain dedicated and devoted to their owners, even those who mistreat them, he said. The animals we rescue are truly grateful. While we can't change their past, we can make sure they're loved and spoiled for the rest of their lives. Fur has scheduled a team to return to Ukraine in two weeks. The team members will include Army and Navy veterans. The mission has yet to be defined because, as Merrill says, the situation on the ground changes daily. All of the people going have participated in our disaster relief efforts before, two Army and one Navy. And we may be taking a fifth person who's done disaster relief with another organization. We're not sure exactly what the mission will be because it's changing by the day, but we'll be continuing where we left off. To learn how you can donate, visit WOKV.com. Lucia Vitti, 104.5 WOKV. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.